Welcome to Bangalore Revival Center. Here, we dream revival and serve people with love. Today, Pastor Priji continues to teach from the healing series on how God has given us the authority over the demons that are holding us back from our healing. May you grow in the understanding and knowledge of this authority today. We've been studying on healing. What is your revelation on healing so far? What is it that the Lord has been speaking to you? What is it the Lord has been showing you? It is necessary that we don't just believe for healing in our own personal lives, but we believe for healing in the lives of people that are sick or hurting around us too. We don't just be selfish. The church, any church that is selfish, any church that is self-centered is not truly the church. It could be a club, it could be an organization, it could be a get-together, but it is not the church. The church that Jesus is building on the earth has to be selfless. Has to be a church that is more concerned about its non-members than its members. If we spend all of our time caring for our members, but not reaching out to others that are hurting and broken outside, then we have failed in our commission. We have failed in our vision we failed in our purpose that's what church is supposed to be church is supposed to be the healing hands of jesus on the earth today see when we read scriptures we see what jesus did when he reached out to people when he healed and and so many times it's very normal or natural for us to tell people you know what jesus will heal you wait you are jesus on earth now Amen. the church is the body of christ right now so it is not Jesus who is going to come down to touch them. It is your hands. It's your words. It is going to be your comfort, your encouragement that is going to heal and deliver and restore people. So let's, let's you know, study this not just for ourselves, but to be a blessing to the world around us. Amen. Let's go to Psalms uh, chapter 18 and we'll begin with verse 16 onwards. Ready? One, two, three, go. Read. He reached down from heaven and he rescued me. He drew me out of deep waters. This, go back, stay on this verse 16. It says, God was high up in the heavens and it says he reached down from heaven. Which means there was this distance, there was this gap, which I couldn't plug, but he reached down. He came and he helped me and he rescued me. And what did he do? He drew me out of deep waters. You know, when you're sinking, you know that you, 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 it's very hard for even the best of swimmers, when, when they are sinking and when they've lost control, they, they can't make it out on their own. They need somebody else to come and help them. And the Bible says, he drew me out when I lost my breath, when I lost control of myself, when I lost all energy, all strength to stay afloat and to, and to be on top. God reached out. He took the first step. You know, all through scripture, we will find the efforts of people that you know, they have made in reaching out to God. But all of them have been in response to what God originally did for them. You would never find something that uh, somebody said, okay, wait, uh, I don't know about God at all. Let me reach out to God. And, 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 and he reached out to God. But every, even when somebody did reach out to God, 
it was in god's foreknowledge it was in god's plan for their lives it was what god had orchestrated to to uh, be the point of contact for their healing and their encounter the bible says when i was drowning he reached down verse 17 it says he rescued me from my powerful enemies wait a minute are we talking about you know demonic enemies are we talking about principalities are we talking about things that um you know are like uh, in the spiritual realm now it's very easy for the church to sometimes undervalue the world or the principalities around us but the bible says they are very powerful it it says you rescued me from my powerful enemies which means these these guys these demonic principalities these spirits they are not just you know out there you know trying to have fun with your life they have the power they have what it takes to make sure you're buried and that your name is never spoken of there's no legacy to your life there's no legacy to whatever you do they are very intentional to destroy to kill steal and destroy you that is their whole life motto and the bible says for those who hated me they were too strong for me in other words he is acknowledging that i cannot do this on my own that is why god had to come and rescue me out of this that is why i had to wait for him to reach down into the deep waters and pull me out we are talking about an enemy that is sometimes too strong for us where the enemy can shut the door for you to now encounter god the same things that you would use to reach out to god and for god to you know reach out to you the enemy will just come in and disconnect you from that source from that voice all that it takes is one confusion in your head and you will stop reading the bible and whereas the bible should be the place where you would go for go to for all kinds of answers you need and one doubt one skeptical thought that the enemy would sow into your head what does he do he now disconnects you from the from the person from the place from the position from where you are supposed to be helped one argument with somebody in the church and then you don't want to go to church anymore why because see the enemy is not concerned about your relationship with that person the enemy is concerned about what can come out of you going to church so what he is going to do is he is going to now disconnect you from the source where god can encounter you he is going to cause rebellious thoughts in your head he's going to say hey you've prayed for so long what has come out of this and he and and sometimes and when that happens then the enemy is too powerful for me because now i am fighting on my own till now i had the voice of my father i had the voice of my church i had the voice of my friends my family members believing with me praying with me i had the voice of god speaking to me but now i have to fight this on my own now my enemy is too powerful for me now those who hated me they are too strong for me let me let me give you this example from the new testament let's go to matthew chapter 9 and verse 32 
the Bible says, when they left, a demon-possessed man who couldn't speak. What what does it say? A demon-possessed man who couldn't speak. Now, just a few weeks back, we learned another story of this woman that was healed after 12 long years. Was it 12 long years? Yeah. The Bible says, when she was desperate, she spoke to herself. She, she prophesied over herself that maybe if I touch, I will be healed. She began to speak words of faith over herself. But here is a man who cannot speak. The same thing that he would use to now strengthen himself, to come near to Jesus, that, that thing is muted. That voice, that source of help, that one place where he is now going to receive encouragement and strength and, and, and comfort, the enemy has successfully muted him there. And the Bible says this was a demonic possession. See, not every problem in your life is a demonic problem. But those problems that stop you from being connected to those people, to those things that God is going to use now to bless you, those things, those obstacles are demonic obstacles. You know, the Bible says Job's wife came and told him, just curse God and die. Where do you think this came from? That was demonic. That was not Job's wife having one bad moment. That was inspired demonically. Peter came to Jesus and said, Jesus, no, I'm not going to let you die. What did Jesus say? Get behind me, you Satan. Come on. Peter was the same guy that just said, you are Christ, the son of God. And, and Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven revealed this to you. So the same Peter is now speaking something which is demonically inspired. And Jesus would catch that and say, no, I'm not going to allow that here, Peter. Because this is now stopping me in my growth with God. You're a nice guy, Peter. I don't have any problem with you, Peter, but what you're saying is demonic. And as a church, if we can be careful to catch those spirits, those things that come in the way of our relationship with God, that come in the way, I'm telling you, if we do not catch them ahead of time, then these spirits will paralyze us. Once it paralyzes us, then sickness will be our portion then poverty will be our legacy. Then all kinds of torment, depression, and anxiety, everything that is coming from the pit of hell will be our lifestyle. It's not because God doesn't have a better plan for us. It's because we didn't shut the door when it came in the first time. Now this guy is possessed, not just influenced. See, the demons, they begin with influencing you, right? They begin by saying, probably this is not true. Probably you shouldn't believe this. Probably you shouldn't go there. Probably you shouldn't. They begin by thoughts that influence you, that feed your head. 
and then slowly by slowly as you give it more and more access now these demons now they possess this man now because they possess this man they have put a limitation upon this man so if there are limitations that are constantly showing up in your life not all of them are self-made some of them are because you know we have allowed demons to operate in our life see not all sicknesses i wouldn't say all sicknesses come from demonic oppression but there are sicknesses that are born that are you know brought into our life because of demonic oppression and today we need to take authority over those sicknesses that come in because we have given too much space because we have given too much access for demons to enter in and speak and do whatever they want to do today we we have to speak the word of god we have to speak what god is speaking the bible says in the next verse jesus cast out the demon and then the man began to speak as soon as jesus cast out the demon which means the demon was responsible for the man to be mute the demon was responsible to shut the voice of this person let me prophesy this over you every demons that are stopping you from speaking things that is supposed to take you into your destiny every demons that are muting your prayers every demons that are causing you to be dumb when you walk into the presence of god i command those demons to lose its power over your life no this church will be a loud church this church will be a vocal church you will not be silent when you walk into the presence of god you will not be silent from monday to saturday you will not be silent when god shows up in your room you will not be silent when the lord is moving in this city this is a church that knows when to cry out this is a church that knows when to pray this is a church that knows when to worship this is a church that knows when to lift their voice no longer will we submit to this influence to this oppression of this enemy in the mighty name of jesus we overcome this oppression we overcome this torment we cancel this muting spirit we cancel the spirit that is causing us to be dumb you know the the, the sad part is that it is our sins it is our faults and our weaknesses that give way for the enemy to now stay stay among us it is not because you know god has not you know given us the ability to cast these guys out but because we have been feeding them with things that they enjoy now they they like to stay here see let's go back to the psalms that we were reading i want you to get what the psalmist is praying psalm 18 verse 17 psalms 18 verse 17 he says he rescued me from where from my powerful enemies from those who hated me 
because they were too strong for me. You know, they pushed me down and they muted me out. They, they stopped my voice. They stopped that access that I had to the presence of God. Verse 18, they attacked me when? At a moment when I was in distress. But the Lord supported me. So this guy is saying, when I was in distress, when I was going through a season when I didn't have my life figured out, when I was in a mess, when I didn't have all the answers in place, when I was confused, when I didn't have all the, the right habits and the behaviors that I should be having, during my weak point, my enemy attacked me. When I was at my lowest, this enemy entered and now he wouldn't leave. He's, he's, he's forcing himself to stay. But the Bible says, but the Lord, he supported me. What did God do? The next verse, he says, he led me now to a place of safety. Why did he rescue me? He rescued me because he delights in me. Because the Bible says that when we are going through that, when we are going through that season where we are oppressed by the enemy, God has to find something in us that he can delight in. Something that he can enjoy. Something that he can celebrate about you. Something. It says he rescued me because he delights in me. Give me the next verse. It says, the Lord. What did, what did God do? God rewarded me for doing right. He restored me. Because of my innocence. In other words, what he's saying is, you know, there was a season when I was in distress. I said things, I did things which allowed the enemy to take hold of me. But now I have, I have changed my ways. Now I'm saying I, I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to do right. And I'm going to prove myself innocent before God. And I'm going to show God that I am somebody that he can delight in. And as a result of that, I will receive my deliverance. Amen. See, I'll tell you this. It's very easy for me as a pastor to come, especially if I have authority over your life to, to cast out demons that are afflicting you. But the moment you step out of here, those demons will come back. What makes sure that those demons don't affect you anymore is not a prayer or a deliverance. What makes sure these demons don't affect us anymore is that we don't give them space. If we can, we can live a lifestyle that God can delight in us. If we can live a lifestyle that we can go to God and say, God, I have now I have, I know I have made mistakes. All of us have. But now I have done what is right. Now there is a reward for doing what was right. Now I have proved my innocence before you. Now I have changed my ways. I'm no longer that person. I don't speak like that anymore. I don't react like that anymore. I, that's not who I am anymore. I have changed. My lifestyle has changed. We need to have a testimony, not just before people, but before God. Amen. It's easy to have a testimony before people. But it's harder to have a testimony before God. Because there are things that people can't see that God can see. There are things that people can misinterpret that God can still vouch for you. 
There are things that people can look at you and say, man, this guy's gone nuts. He's mad. He's, he's acting, you know, all crazy. He needs to be admitted somewhere. But then God can say, no, I know who you are. I know your lifestyle and I'm going to reward you for it. And I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to rescue you because I delight in you. Because I delight in you, says the Lord. The next verse, it says, for I, come on, I want this to be our prayer and our desire, okay? Can we do this? For I have kept the ways of the Lord and I have not turned from my God to follow evil. So if you want to follow evil, it means that you have turned from God. You cannot follow God and follow evil at the same time. You know, we can all make mistakes, but who are we following? Where, what journey are we headed into? If, if you're intentionally walking in a path and you're making choices, making decisions, making, doing things, even in spite of knowing that is going to harm your destiny, that is going to harm your life, then you're definitely not following God. So today we are making a choice as a church and as individuals, as families, saying, Lord, I have I have kept your ways or I want to keep your ways. I'm, I'm, I'm turning from my evil so I can turn towards my God. I'm turning from those ways and I'm turning towards you. Verse 22, I have followed all his regulations and I have never abandoned his decrees. It says, the Lord rewarded me. One more time he says, the Lord rewarded me for doing right. He has seen my innocence. Church, can we come to God not just with the, the, the confidence that Jesus will forgive you, but can we come to God with the confidence that, you know, from last week to this week, I, I did the right thing. I'm not talking about, you know, last 20 years of your life. I don't want to account for the last 20 years. But can we do week to week at least? Can we aim to do this from Sunday to Sunday to keep our heart clean before God? To do the right things, to make the right choices week to week. You know, if, if your goal is saying for the rest of my life I will never do this, there may, there may be a very long goal. And sometimes when we don't see the results immediately, we may get discouraged. But let's do it from week to week at least. Every day, make a choice to turn from the evil and turn towards God. To delight in His regulations, to delight in His word, to delight in His voice. And say, God, today I'm going to do the right thing. Today I'm going to make the right choice. I'm not going to allow the enemy any more foothold in my life. It's not, it's not about sin. It's not about, you know, doing something that is, you know, evil or wrong in human standards. It's about giving a place, a dwelling place for the enemy in our lives. That has to scare us. We are not scared because, you know, God will put us to, you know, God will send us to hell. That is not what we are scared of. What we are scared of is, I don't want the place that belongs to God to go to another spirits. I don't want somebody else to possess what God should be possessing. I don't want an enemy to come and mute me out 
when I should be using that time, that effort, effort my, my efficiency, my time, all of that to pray. I don't want the enemy to now come and mute me. Anything, I'm telling you, anything that stops you from walking with God is demonic. Anything, you, you name it. It could be Netflix, it could be a friend, it could be church, it could be anything that stops you from walking with God. It's demonic. And you need to disconnect out of that. You need to get away from those things. Let's go to Matthew chapter 12. A similar healing like we read in chapter 9. Chapter 12 verse 22. It says, Then a demon-possessed man. This, this man is not just that he cannot speak, but he cannot see as well. Can you see this? First, you see one demon-possessed man who couldn't speak. But when you allow this demon to stay long enough, now he's not just affecting your ability to speak. Now he's affected your ability to see. Now the same thing transfers into our health, okay? It can transfer into our finances. It can transfer into our relationships. It can transfer. The same thing translates in all the other areas. When I'm saying uh, uh, or using spiritual terms, don't mean it to say only spiritually. No, the same thing that stops your spiritual ability to hear or to speak or to see can also now, you know, cause you to be physically ill. That's what happened to these guys. They were not spiritually blind. They were physically blind. And it was a demon that caused caused it. It was a demon possession that made sure these guys wouldn't be able to see and wouldn't be able to speak. It's not like it was a birth defect, but it was a demonic possession that stopped at some point they got, you know, throttled. Here we, we hear about a man who has lost his ability to speak and his ability to see. It's, it's one thing if you, if you can see and, and you're not able to speak, but you're at least able to direct yourself to the right place where you can be prayed for. But here, he can't even see. Check this out. See, demons, what they are going to do is not directly kill you when they catch hold of you. What they are going to do is they are going to just disconnect you from the places that you can go to so that you end up killing yourself. Because you should understand, no matter how much the enemy wants to touch you or hurt you, he doesn't have the authority to do that. Because God had told Satan, you cannot kill Job. But then, somebody else could come and tell him, just curse God and die. So Job could kill himself. So demons can come and tell him to do things that will make sure that he will do things that even God doesn't want to happen. Even demons don't have authority to happen. But, but then because he listened to somebody else, because the enemy put certain limitations around him, certain voices around him, now he is going to do things that God has not even allowed demons to do. Now today what we are doing is we are attacking, not you know, in, on, our, on our terms, we have to fix our lives. We cannot turn to evil again. Because the more we turn to evil, the more space we give to these spirits in our lives. 
but then we are also attacking the spirit that is bringing infirmity the spirit that is bringing that sickness the spirit that is bringing that pain into your life again and again and again i i had a brother who would have stomach ache every sunday morning and he couldn't come to church every sunday morning only on sundays he would have stomach aches and we had to do a proper deliverance so that he can come to church now can you imagine that is not physical that has to be that is demonically inspired there can be things that are now draining your finances those finances that you're supposed to give to god now they they are being draining they have been drained out of your life you know disconnected out of your life that is not just oh it's a bad season covid no 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 that is demonic if there are things that you want to do for the lord that is stopping your relationship with god and the enemy is successful in in hurting your life in those places those areas then that is demonic and we have to address that and we have to attack that spirit like jesus attacked that spirit are you ready church yes do you believe that you have the authority to do this yes. you know when jesus did this read the next verse he says he healed the man so that go go back go back it says he healed the man so that he could both speak and see what did he do technically he cast out that demon that was causing him to be muted and blind right he cast out the demon and as soon as the demon left this man could both speak and see verse 23 it says the crowd they were they were awestruck and they said could it be that jesus this jesus is truly the son of david the messiah they were blown away because these were like signs these were prophecies that were written about him in the old testament that he is going to heal the sick that he is going to open the mouth of uh, the the mute open the eyes of the blind nobody else have done these things in the old testament it was spoken specifically about the messiah and the bible says they they were asking questions to each other could this be jesus could this jesus be the messiah could this jesus be the one that we were waiting for could this jesus be the christ verse 24 and that's when the pharisees when they heard about this miracle they said no 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 can't be no wonder he can cast out demons because he gets his power from satan you do you know satan is powerful satan is powerful we we read about that already right he is also powerful he sometimes can be too strong for us and and they are saying this jesus who is doing all these things he gets his power from satan the prince of demons now that's when jesus begins to explain the way in okay and if we can catch this we will walk in authority if we will also catch it we will be able to attack the spirits that come to torment us that come to mute us that come to blind us and after today when you walk out of here you will begin to see things that you have never seen before you will begin to pray prayers that you've never had the guts to pray before because now suddenly uh, that that there is that spirit of boldness that has come into your spirit are you ready the next verse verse 25 jesus knew their thoughts and he replied any kingdom that is divided by civil war is doomed 
a town or a family that is splintered by feuding will fall apart. The first key Jesus is saying is giving is this. Hey, any kingdom that is going to be having infighting is, is destined to be doomed. That's, it, it's not possible that demons can cast out demons. That's what Jesus is trying to explain. Give me the next verse, verse 26. And if Satan is casting out Satan, he is divided and he is fighting against whom? Against himself. His own kingdom will not survive. Verse 27. And if I am empowered by Satan, what about your own exorcists? They cast out demons too. So they will condemn you for what you have said. Verse 28. But if I am casting out these demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. Go on. For who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man and plunder the goods? Only someone even stronger, someone who could, could tie him up and then plunder his house. I hope you're catching something. Verse 30. Go on, give me verse 30 as well. Please uh, find verse 30 for me. I want to continue this. Verse 30, L let me read it for you. Okay, it says in verse 30, okay? This is very powerful. Are you ready for this? It says, anyone who isn't with me opposes me and anyone who is working with me is actually working against me, okay? So what is Jesus trying to, Jesus is giving us a lot of keys here, but we are going to try and understand it from Jesus' perspective, okay? He's, he begins by saying any family or any kingdom that is divided against itself will be doomed, will be destroyed. Then he goes on to say that anybody who isn't with me, who isn't working with me, he's actually opposing me. Anybody who is not working with me is actually working against me. So what Jesus is saying is, if you want to work with me and do these things that I am doing, you cannot be opposing what I am doing. You have to be working in tandem with me. See, whenever you and I, when we keep questioning what God is doing in the lives of somebody else, when we are questioning and when we are fighting it and when we are standing in the way of what God is doing, how Jesus sees this as, is, as a kingdom that is divided against itself. How is it that believers are upset when somebody else is blessed and healed and delivered? How is it that believers, we're not talking, see, Jesus says even demons don't fight demons. And Jesus is like, but why is it that the church, that the believers, people in the house of God, that we fight ourselves, we fight each other. How is it that we fight each other? Are we worse than demons? Because if you are not working with me, you're in fact opposing, working against me. There's, there's no middle ground. You know, you know what I'm saying? There is no middle ground. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I will, some, someday I will reach. No, no, no. You're either there or you're here. You're either a friend of God or you're an enemy. 
you're either fully sold out for Jesus or you're working in the camp of the enemy. We cannot have infighting in the church. I'll give you the first key to walk in this authority. It is to be united as a church. It's to hold each other's hands. We, we, we are not all perfect. Please understand when I'm saying this. I'm not asking you to con- condone somebody else's weakness. But I'm asking you to not let those weaknesses come in the way of our unity as a church. Jesus is saying any kingdom that is fighting against itself can never truly come out victorious in a battle against another nation. If India is having a civil war, where Karnataka is fighting Tamil Nadu and, and, and Kerala is fighting somebody else, can you imagine if we, how, how would it be if we have to fight a nation? We are definitely not going to win. That's how the Britishers ruled over India for you know, centuries. Divide and rule. And Jesus said, that's what's happening in the church today. We are, we are constantly criticizing and opposing one another. We are constantly putting the blame on each other. Even demons don't do that. And today, if we can overcome this, I'm telling you, when we walk, demons will understand this and demons will run away. We will not have to spend the whole night trying to cast out demons. Our authority is low because our love is low. Do you know what, what, what it takes to have the authority that Jesus had? The love that Jesus had. Jesus had perfect love for his disciples, for the Pharisees, and for the prostitutes. Jesus loved the religious people. Jesus loved the, 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 the beloved people, the loved people that loved him a lot. And he loved the sinners of his society equally. He loved everybody. He was willing to work with anybody that is given to him. He would sit all night explaining scriptural truths to a Nicodemus. And he would spend all morning trying to explain to this woman with five husbands why she should live for God. And he would spend all three and a half years trying to teach his disciples how they should live for God. This Jesus, he loved everybody. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't say, okay, this guy, I don't think there is any hope for this person. He loved everybody. And if, as a church, if we can reach that place where we truly, you know, love one another. You know, the, the, you know, the thing is this. When we talk about sin, we only think about the big sins in our eyes, which is murdering, adultery, and, and slander, all those things. Do you know that the, the biggest sin is if you break the biggest commandment? Am I right? In, when we, you know, if, if there is a law in India, which is of like a big law, which is very important law, like an anti-terrorist law, okay? If you break that, man, there is no bail, there is no uh, kind of lawyer that you can hire when you, you know, if it's a petty case, you are in for life. If, if the government is able to charge you with something like that, that's, that's it. When somebody came to Jesus and said, Tell me which is the most, the greatest commandment. What did Jesus say? Don't commit adultery. Don't steal money. What did Jesus say? Love God and love people. If you fail in loving people, do you know what you have broken? You've broken the most important commandment. 
and why do you think demons will respect you now because you behave like them come on church am i preaching too hard for you today if we have to walk in authority then we have to not be the church that is infighting we cannot be the church that is divided against itself that is fighting another member's blessing and that is trying to bring someone else down hey somebody else is prospering go and you bless them too go and shake hands with them and say i'm i'm excited for this next season of your life i want to sow into this next season of your life don't be jealous of somebody else when you see somebody else increasing going to the next level just go and celebrate because that is how you are going to gain authority over demons that are fighting your job that are fighting your marriage that are fighting your church that are fighting your ministry kingdom that is divided against itself then jesus said the second thing he said you know if you want to enter into the house of a strong man and if you want to plunder a strong man do you remember the book of psalms it says these enemies are too powerful they are too strong for me and jesus said but if you if you want to do this if you want to enter into his house and plunder his stuff which means that there are there are things in your life that the enemy has stolen and taken captive and now it's in his territory right he says now if i have to bring those things out i have to first go attack the strong man and i have to tie him down only then i can go and bring back what the what rightfully belongs to me you know what we do we go we take the stuff and we come out and then in two days uh, the thing goes back in he'll just come out give you one slap and take it back but jesus is saying no 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 don't don't be focused on the thing that you need don't be focused on the healing that you need attack the strong man in the house attack the demon that is terrorizing you go and tie him down first go face the giant face that goliath and take him head on and once you have taken down the strong man the man that is seemingly too powerful for you the man that is you know the one who is keeping you under the water keeping your mouth closed keeping your eyes closed attack that strong man and if you tie him down then everything in his house now belong to you now the thing is this this guy doesn't just have things that belong to you they have things that belong to so many else so when you attack the head the demon the strong man what you do is not just receive the blessings that you you wanted to have for yourself but now you unlock the blessings of so many else that was being terrorized by this strong man the thing is this you know you you would see that god told the israelites not to go to canaan till it's the right time in other words god saw the you know god saw that canaan was not yet ready for destruction so god you know who what did god do god gave canaan into the hands of giants what did these giants do they were now stewards over the promised land they were now stewards over the promises of god for the people of israel now when the israelites came whom did they have to defeat they had to defeat the giants so that they can take what rightfully belongs to them they came and they saw the giants and they're like oh man 
too powerful for me. Let's go back to Egypt. Pharaoh and his slavery I can take. But I, I, I can't take the, the giants in my promised land. What they didn't know is that if you are courageous enough to go fight these giants, you're not fighting in your own strength. God is going to fight your battles with you. If you have, if you, if you're walking with God and if you have a clear conscience before God, there's no battle that you will come out where you will not be victorious. There is no battle. And, and if you can go and defeat this giant, what will happen is centuries down the line, your children and their children's children are now going to experience, enjoy the prosperity that these giants have kept in their hands. The, the blessings that you're looking for, it's in the hands of giants. It's in the hands of these strong men. We are going to heaven, knocking on heaven's door. When God has given you the address to go and plunder, when God has told you, hey, you need your healing, go to the strong man, attack him, take him down, tie him up, and then take everything in the house. It will all belong to you. Now, it's very natural for us to be, you know, scared and afraid and that's why we need scriptural principles for our courage we cannot just go into the strong man's house and say oh man you don't know me and you know you know how we try to talk to our traffic inspectors right <laughs> do you know who i am do you, do you, you know <laughs> we know this so and so person we know that we know all of this doesn't work before demons you need the right keys the right weapons that you need to use to fight these demons let's go to the book of colossians chapter 2 verse 13 this is what you use when you enter into the strong man's house the bible says once upon a time do we have the scripture colossians chapter 2 verse 13 you were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all of your sins. You remember we are talking about sins that can keep you in bondage. You remember the sins that would keep you dead. Sins that would keep you away from fulfilling your, the purposes that God has called you for. And, and Paul is addressing that and said, once upon a time you were dead. Once upon a time you were decaying because of your sins. Because your sinful nature was still active. It was not cut away. It was like tumor that was constantly growing and killing things in your body that is supposed to be living. And he says, then God, what did he do? He made you alive. He forgave all of our sins. Verse 14, it says, give me verse 14. Okay, it says, he canceled the record of our charges against us and took it away. How? By nailing it to the cross. So there were accusations, there were charges, there were cases that were piled up against you. When Jesus died on the cross, he took away the nails that are, uh, are now supposed to nail you down, that are supposed to keep you grounded, that are supposed to keep you in the coffin. Those same nails now nailed Jesus to the cross. He took the charges. He took those accusations, it says. Verse 15. Very powerful. Are you ready to read this with me? He says, in this way, what did he do? He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities and he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. 
See, when you walk into the enemy's house, you don't walk in by your ability. You don't walk in saying, I fasted and prayed for 40 days. You walk in based on scriptural authority that Jesus has disarmed the enemy. What was it that the enemy had against you? It was your sins. It was what you did in the last one week. It was what you said in the last one week. But when you go into fight the enemy, you are fighting him based on what Jesus did for you already. Before you face the enemy, you, you should have reconciled back to God. You should have gotten your heart right because how will you tell the enemy that God has forgiven you if you have not been convinced that God has forgiven you? You need to first sit in the presence of God and you need to receive your forgiveness first and then when you walk in and you say, hey, I know that God has forgiven me. I know that these charges don't hold up anymore. I know that you are disarmed. I know that all these nails, all these bullets that you're throwing at me, it's already gone to the cross. I have confessed my sins. I have opened this up before God. This doesn't have any more power over me. Because when you do that, after that, you don't even have to pray, you know, all those fiery prayers. All that you need to do is just, you know, walk in confidence because the Bible says the enemy is already disarmed. Now his strength is gone. You remember the strong man who was too powerful for me? His strength has left him. Now all you need to do is just tie him up and keep him in a corner because he cannot affect you anymore. He is powerless. When you have reconciled in your relationship with God, the enemy has lost his power. That's why Paul says in Ephesians, we do not fight against flesh and blood. We fight against spiritual rulers and, and authorities and kingdoms and powers in the unseen world. We fight them, we take them down. Why? Because he's now powerless. But guess what? If if he is still active, if we are still giving him reasons to accuse us, then he is powerful. You understand what I'm saying? If, you know, there are many people, many churches, many pastors that would teach you saying, wait, you don't have to do any spiritual warfare because Jesus, no, he finished it all, right? 2000 years back. So there is nothing left for you to fight. Wait, if that is true, is it, shouldn't it be true for everybody on planet earth? Because if I don't have to do anything, then nobody should face any demonic oppression. Why is it that people still face demonic oppression? Why is it that demons are still active here on earth? It's because they don't have a revelation of Colossians chapter 2 verse 15. It's only those that have gone to the cross and have given their sins to Jesus, that have surrendered themselves before God. Only them, only those people can actually bind the strong man. The rest of us, we, we think that just because I went to church thrice a week, things will be fine. It will not be. You need to go back to your place of encounter where you can pour out your heart before God and say, God, I'm, I, I'm done with that. And I, I receive your forgiveness. I receive this victory. I receive this freedom that you have won for me. I receive this in my life. And, I, and, and then you walk with that freedom. You walk with that authority. That is what will make sure the enemy doesn't have any foothold over you anymore. Can I give you one last verse and then we'll finish for today? Luke chapter 10 and verse 19. This is Jesus commissioning his disciples to go and preach. And he's telling them, hey, you know what? 
I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And you can walk among snakes or even scorpions. And as you walk, you can crush them and nothing will injure you. What I would like to do is read this in the Amplified Bible and prophesy this over you. Are you ready for this? It says, Behold, I have given you authority and I have given you power to trample upon serpents and scorpions. And I like this, this version. It says, And I have given you the physical, the mental strength and ability over all the power that the enemy possesses and nothing shall in any way harm you. Can I read it one more time? It says, Behold, I have given you authority and the power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and physical and mental strength and ability over all the power of the enemy that the enemy possesses and nothing in any way shall harm you. In other words, when you go to face the the strong man, he cannot harm you back because you now have the authority. You now have that freedom in that relationship with Jesus. You now have your heart clean. Your conscience is clear before Jesus. And, and, and now you have freedom in walking out there and rescuing those things. Bring back those things that the enemy has taken and stolen from you. Church, all of this is available for us, not just if we believe in our heart, but if we would live it out from week to week. If, if, you, if you're willing to take that extra step of faith and say, God, I'm not, I'm not going to tolerate another day of lack in my life. I'm not going to tolerate another day of these challenges. I'm not going to tolerate another day of this relationship struggle. Some weeks back, my father said this. He said, perpetual attacks is demonic. Anything that is coming again and again, if it's a repeated lifestyle of falling sick, repeated lifestyle of, you know, losing money, repeated lifestyle of the relationship breaking at a particular point. That's demonic. And today we have to attack the strong man. So if it is your marriage, let me ask you this. Are there areas that you need to confess before God and clear, and, and clear your heart, get a clear conscience before God so that you can now take on the strong man that is, you know, fighting your marriage? If it is finances, are there things that the enemy still has stronghold, still has access into your life? That you're not doing. You know, I, I think it's Malachi chapter 3. Is it Malachi chapter 3? Let me take you there. Because we are talking about money. Malachi chapter 3. It says, verse 10. Chapter 3 and verse 10. It says, hmm, Bring all the tithes and the store, store tithes into the storehouses so that there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you and I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant and I will guard them from insects and 
diseases. Okay, let me read verse 11 again in another translation. It says, and I will rebuke the devourer. And I will rebuke the devourer. What God is saying is that, hey, there is a devourer against your finances. There is a spiritual enemy against your finances. So you cannot just come and pray, say, God, give me financial breakthrough. God is saying, you bring your tithes and your offerings. Then I will bless you. And then I will rebuke the devourer. Right now, the devourer is strong because you've given him space with the way that you conduct your business, with the way that you conduct your finances. He has space. And now God is saying, hey, you bring your tithes and your offerings and see what I will do. What I will do is I'll first bless you and then I will rebuke the devourer. So when I, when I've brought my tithes and offerings, what I'm doing is not just, you know, uh, bringing a place, you know, doing things that I'm grateful for, I'm thankful for. What I'm doing is taking my, taking the strong man and binding him up, defeating the strong man. So now the strong man can no longer take my money away. I'm not saying that we will not have financial ups and downs, but if there is perpetual leakage, perpetual problems, then you need to attack the devourer. You need to find where is this leakage coming from. And then God is saying, hey, why didn't you do this? Because this is allowing the devourer to now touch you. When you are living a lifestyle that is not allowing God to work in your life, when you are constantly living in sin, when you are constantly living a lifestyle that is outside of God's plan for your life, you're allowing the devourer to come and touch your health. You're allowing the devourer to come and touch your marriage. You're allowing the devourer to come and touch your ministry, your children, health. But today we are going to go with rejoicing because the devourer has lost his power. We are changing. You remember what the psalmist said? I have turned from evil and I have turned towards God. And I have brought my evil before the cross where Jesus has disarmed the enemy by taking all the charges, all the record of things that are spoken against me and he has disarmed the enemy for good. And today I will walk out free. Amen. Thank you for tuning in for today's sermon. We hope it blessed you. Do visit us at dreamingrevival.com for more information. You're welcome to tune in every Sunday for our live celebration service at 11am at youtube.com slash Pastor Priji. God bless you and have a blessed week.